Eat the fish. It's fine. Trust the fish. Trust the fish. Eat the fish. Suck down the fish. Suck it down. Slurp it. Anyway, moving on. What's poppin' y'all? Welcome to Post Finale. I am your host, Ankit Nadira. I'm an actor and a musician who hasn't seen a lot of films. So to keep my friends happy and potentially provide a new perspective on some popular films, I am on a quest to change that. I'm not on this quest alone, however. Once again, Griffin Stouffer has joined me. He is one of my closest friends. Griffin, how are you doing? I killed Jimmy Buffett. Okay. It's always different. It's always different. Why? No, he actually, this is a... He's dead. He Wait, died what? yesterday. Wait, what? I'm smiling, but this isn't a joke. Jimmy Buffett died yesterday, two days after we uploaded the ep- you uploaded the episode. Wait, what? In which I started it with a joke about Jimmy Buffett. Oh, crap. He did. He died at age 76 on September 1st, 2023. And we are recording this on September 2nd, 2023. So, uh, yeah, that's a pretty wild week. I missed that news. A friend texted me about it this morning and I was like, oh, no. What, he oh, listened no. to the episode and was like, yep. <laughs> no, Griffin I don't think he cause. did. I've just, been, I've just been talking about Jimmy Buffett. Nah. Personally, I would like to think that he'd listened to the episode before he passed on. Then he died from shame. Just to make myself feel better. I mean, like, that's on you. It is on me. That's something I will live with forever. Well, rest in peace to Jimmy Buffett. Thanks. Also, thanks last episode for apologizing to me specifically for uploading it late. That's very important to me. <laughs> and I thank you for that. Yeah, sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. It has been very hectic, but hopefully that shouldn't happen in the future. Yay. Well, I was just I was just all day at work just <laughs> refreshing my podcast app, like, where is it? Where is it? I gotta I've gotta check the audio. Oh no, what if my audio's bad? Fair. That's my anxiety. Anxiety, it's fun. It sticks around. I did not expect you to use the full explanation of my joke for the, like, the entire thing for the teaser part. I expected you to just use the one line at the beginning. You know? But that made it funny for me, so you caught me off guard with that one. Yeah, That's funnier for me, because I expected that, and then it wasn't that. I love the beginning of our episodes where you just give me notes on what you thought about the last episode. It's such a different take on what normally happens on this show. <laughs> of, of course, I've got to listen to it. And speaking of notes, I have more. Also, in regards to my research, I forgot to mention one thing that I did do for it, which was that... There's another podcast called Potterless. Episode 161 specifically is about anti-Semitism in Harry Potter. Yeah. And I listened to that, and that's where some of my talking points came from. I just forgot to mention that. Also, if anybody has questions for me, send them to Ankit, and I will talk about them when we do the next movie. Yeah, I'll pass them along. Also, or in... I'll just, if they're not that important, I'll just, I can still just answer them to Ankit, and he can let you know but i i will answer any questions that come to me yeah pass them along it's funny you bring up potterless because 
Like, I've listened to a lot of Mike's podcasts and I've met him. He doesn't pay me to say oh. this, but he's a lovely human being. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 161 specifically, I was recommended by a friend and I listened to it. And um, if anything that I say when the research episode finally gets released sounds similar to that, that is why. Because I had listened to that literally like the day before. It was a good episode on Potterless. It yeah. teaches you a lot. Yeah. All right. So we're jumping back into Barbie Fairytopia Mermaidia. Griffin, you want to give us a quick synopsis if someone just didn't watch the first movie on where we are and what we're doing? I mean, not just the first movie, but the first half of this movie as well. Right. That's what I meant. The first half of this movie. Well, good news is the first half does start with a recap of the first movie, which is essentially that she defeated Laverne and got some wings. Then she, Alina, our main character, played by Barbie, played by... Did I really forget the voice actress's name? Yes, you did. Kelly Sheridan. No, I didn't. I didn't look that up. Uh, I was looking over here, but I didn't look that up. Uh-huh. So Alina is told that Prince Nalu has been kidnapped by the fungi, which are Laverna's minions. We cut to various scenes between of Nalu being interrogated by the fungi. There's a new guy called Fungus Maximus who we'll talk about. We got Lefting, Lefteru. Um, Alina meets uh, Nori who is a mermaid, and they are at odds immediately, but they are off to save Nalu, and they went to an oracle named Delphi. Delphi. Delphine. Delphine. That's what she's called in this movie. I I'm not the only one to mess it, it up. Shorted. Yeah, well, I expected you to have things written down. I don't know. I have them written down. I'm just bad at words. I also have this written down. <laughs> <laughs> they go to Delphine, and she gives them a bunch of cryptic nonsense and tells them they have to go to the depths of despair and also elena gets some pearls that will give turn her, her into give her a tail and take away her wings and she has to be out of the water by the time they turn back they turn blue and then they turn back to white and she says one by one also anytime there's errors i shout out boingo because i named them boingos in my notes for some reason that's my storyline there i don't know why i did this we i will we will get to them as we go i don't think there's one for a little while yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what's happened. We've, you know, a lot has happened. A lot has happened. A lot more than the first movie. So, let's jump into it. So we're back with Max and Nalu. And Max wants answers, and he's like, where do we go to get the immunity berry? And Nalu's like, that way. And he points at a large, dark whirlpool. Max is nervous, and I love how nonchalant the that way from Nalu is. He's just like, no, it's that way. Like, he's just done. He, he cannot ask. Yeah, and there's the, not really a point in hiding it anymore. Nah, he's just like, they'll all right, just, fine. They'll just destroy Fairy Toby. I mean, Mermaidia, whatever. Yeah, same, same idea. So the fungi are scared, and they don't want to go that way. And Max is pretty sure that Nalu's playing some kind of trick and trying to scare them to get the fungi to leave. No, the berry's just that way. It's just over there. Like, we just gotta down go the down hole. the dark whirlpool. Like, sorry, mate. And Max pulls out the poison and reminds Nalu that if Nalu lies, his whole world would be destroyed. Wouldn't it also be Max's world being destroyed? No, because it just affects the water. Right. But also, they wouldn't be able to get the immunity berry if they poisoned all the water, so I don't know what the plan is, really. It's kind of just threats that 
feels somewhat. I'm reading too much into this. It's a kids movie. It, he's no, just no, making no. threats. But that's what. But that's what. It doesn't do make here. sense. But it doesn't make sense. If he poisons the water, which sucks out all the air in the water, they won't be able to get to the immunity berries, and then Laverna will still be stuck in the bogs of the hinterlands. Also, it will kill their transportation manta ray, which is just <laughs> sad. Which is just sad. I didn't even think of that. But it would destroy Mermadia also. Yeah, yeah. Mermadia would be toast. But anyway, Laverna calls, and she wants to know if they have the immunity berry yet. And Max, throughout their conversation, calls Laverna these three beautiful things, and I just wrote them all down. He calls her Fantastic. your malevolence, your heinousness, and your villainousness. That was just fun. Yeah, those are some fun adjectives. He just calls her all three of those throughout you the conversation. Kind of, you can kind of tell when somebody pops out like the thesaurus, but it sometimes it's done fun. It sometimes it's fun. It's, this one was this a fun one. one. I appreciated yeah. this. It was a fun little bit that kept going. It was fun. Yeah, every and... conversation, Max is just saying some other weird <laughs> shit. Some other weird time. compliment. <laughs> and Max explains that Nalu is pointing them to a world to a whirlpool. And apparently Laverna promised Max that there would be no swirling on this mission, as he is prone to motion sickness. And Laverna's like, aw, you're scared. And Max is like, well, not exactly scared, but perhaps a little bit concerned. And Laverna's like, oh, I'm glad you told me. You know, I do something special for my fungi when they're concerned. And Max, who's like just awestruck, is like, oh, you do? Oh my god. And she just yells into her little phone camera thingy and she's just like i hang them by their toes and i feed them to the firebirds now get the immunity berry now and i'm just like well <laughs> poor max he just wanted to feel appreciated how did she know to promise specifically no swirling i don't know because there's many other types of motion that cause motion sickness yeah why swirling Trust me, I know. Who picks specifically swirling? What when you think motion sickness, what kind of motion first comes to mind for you? Back of a car on a windy road. Which isn't particularly swirling. No, it's just like twisty. It's curving. Exactly. Anyways, psychotic. Yeah. Also, the animal noises in the background behind Laverna when she's in the bog are fucking wild i don't know if you noticed this but they're just like obviously random like animal noises but i think some of them might just be people that is fantastic i didn't notice it it's just they're just weird noises and it's very fun don't get me wrong it's just i was heavily distracted by them in this scene in particular but also Fair. in all the other scenes i mean she's only in like three scenes i mean and i think this is the loudest one yeah yeah it's a crime. It's a crime. She was intriguing. Not in this movie. Maybe in the third one. <laughs> Hopefully she comes back with a vengeance. <laughs> I would like her to. What, you think they're not going to use the same villain three times in a row? Oh, I haven't seen the third one yet. But no, like, I haven't either. I'd be very surprised they, based on how this vapor, one ends. They vaporized her and they still didn't come up with a new villain? They're going to use her again. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. So... Max says, grab the prisoner. We're taking him to the berry. And he goes, no, we're taking him down. 
there and like points at the funnel and then i like how it pans to the funnel and then the other fungi are like oh 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 like they they just have the entire conversation of realization with those three yep. o's <laughs> so back with alina and nori they have made it to the depths of despair and no one has ever been down there or come back up to tell the tale bibble is scared as he is we love you our cowardice king and Nori asks Elena if she thinks that Shelly was telling the truth about the Mirror of the Mist. And Elena's like, we have to believe her. It's our only chance to save Nalu. And I'm like, well, okay, technically not really, but like, fine, whatever. Bibble isn't ready. He just doesn't want to go. And he just says, er, no. Like, he can just now speak English. <laughs> Sometimes hey, we've established he can say words. He chooses not to. That is true. So... Alina says Bibble can wait. He's relieved, but also scared for them as they go down. And I was like, we probably won't see it, but I need to know what hijinks Bibble gets up to while he's waiting for them. Significantly more interested in that. No, we never do. I'm just significantly more interested in that. Up there as far as we know. Yeah, he's chilling. So Nori says she's not sure why people complain about this place. It's nice. It's not that bad. And I was like, this is not going to last. Spoiler alert. It doesn't last. So, wow. <laughs> Alina says the current is pretty strong, and Nori's like, just swim harder. Alina's swimming as hard as she can, and I'm like, it's time to bust out the tail. Yeah, immediately. Not quite. So, we go deeper. Alina can't keep up and tells Nori to wait, and Nori swims ahead, and Alina's like, I can't keep up. And Nori's like, it's fine, I'll go by myself. And Alina's like, no, we were told to work together. Come up and we'll figure something out. And Nori's just like, no, it's a waste of time. I can do this. Just wait for me at the entrance. I promise you, I'll tell you what the mirror says. While this whole conversation is happening, Alina has stopped swimming forward or like down. She is not moving. And she's not moving. And if the current is so strong that she can't swim... How is she not immediately swept back up to the entrance? Physics isn't real. We we know there's like no underwater physics at all in this movie. Also, there's no physics. There's a different issue with physics that we'll talk about later. Yeah, Christ. There but is, like, there is no physics. But it it makes about it makes there. no sense. She should be gone, <laughs> blasted out past Bibble. <laughs> yeah, with with a speed. A high speed, even. Mm-hmm. High velocity. But, um, like, if Bibble was in the wrong place, bye-bye Bibble. Technically, a velocity of zero if we start at the top. Yeah? I, I, I know physics. Anyways, yeah, cool. so that's a, that's a weird thing. I actually didn't have that in my notes, but yeah, no, she just sits there. Anyways. She should be gone. Well, at least finally Bibble didn't get to go into danger. I forgot to say that note. I'm backtracking now. I mean, I'm, now. I'm happy for Bibble. I'm glad he's I'm, happy. I'm glad he just gets to chill. And, like, it, it's not, not really a spoiler. It. But, like, you know, later we see Bibble with a little crab. And I just kind of want to know how Bibble became friends with that crab. Like, what Are they friends? It didn't seem know. like they were friends. They were playing together. Were they, though? I mean, Bibble was swimming around it, and the crab was following Bibble. So, like, I'm going to count that as a play. Yeah. They didn't seem scared of each other. Let's put it that way. Yeah. No. Uh, well, I don't know if I read it that way for the crab. The crab seems scared to me. 
I just assumed that it was the same crab from the Crab of Confusion, where we decided that the crab actually just had magical powers from that I mean, confusion it was, vortex. It was definitely the same crab model, for yeah. sure. I just assumed uh, it was the same crab. There's just one crab in this entire place. That's really all we can. There is one crab. There is or maybe one crab. It was one, one crab. crab. And it is in danger havoc. from Bibble. <laughs> the only being that can harm this crab is Bibble. It is Bibble. That scares it. Yeah. So they're going down, down this hole. Yeah, we're in a hole. So Nori swims off, despite Illina's protests. We get deeper and deeper and deeper, and when she gets deep enough, she gets grabbed by some kind of alive sea plant thing. Seaweed? To, to, no, but it wasn't seaweed. It was, like, kelp? It looks like a weed, and I can see it. Yeah, but seaweed, I'm pretty sure, isn't rooted into... But uh, I want to call it seaweed because that works for the joke that it's extremely fitting because her name is just seaweed in Japanese. Sonori gets grabbed by seaweed. Exactly. And the hubris got to her. <laughs> it really did. And it's dragging her down like it's going to eat her. And I'm like, what is this cannibal? Like, what is this human or mermaid eating plant that just lives down here? Yeah. Can we let's let's talk about this <laughs> stuff because like I'm not sure what its goal is because so they they say that nobody's ever gotten to the bottom of the depths of the despair and part of that can probably be because nobody goes there and part of that I guess is that nobody just went there together as we're shown by the rest of the scene it's very easy if you go but, as a team yeah but the seaweed's goal is inscrutable because is it just going to like strangle her but it doesn't do that because it just traps her in a cage of seaweed and it doesn't look particularly like it's closing in on her no i think i think what it is is it's like it traps her in the seaweed and then she starves to death and then it feasts on her you think it's just an extremely long game plan? It's just an extremely... It's just like... See, here's the thing. is like a plant like that, it doesn't get sustenance very often. So it has to adapt to just like being able to keep its food like alive while it slowly eats away at it. I see. So like a Sarlacc pit from Star Wars. Yeah! There's another movie reference. Far better movie. Anyways, so she's caught by the seaweed, and it's yeah. pulling her into a cage. She's not trying very hard to get out. No, she really isn't. She, does, she just, like, she tries a little at the beginning, and then kind of just stops. As we're shown in a little bit, it's not that hard to get out of. Nah. You can just kind of pull it. Hey, remember how she said swim harder about, like, 30 seconds ago? Pull harder. Pull harder. It is a skill issue. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. so back to Alina. Yeah, so Alina's, Alina's going away, and she hears Nori calling for help. And Alina goes back, and she's still not strong enough. And I'm like, she'll need to use the tail now. And then it takes her a stupidly long amount of time to figure out, hey, I should wish for a tail. But she finally yeah. does wish for a tail. And, and then we get the magical girl transformation sequence. Oh, I have it written down. whoop de doo Time for some magic sparkles, the magic spin, and the magic glow, and what da da Alina has a tail. New outfit <laughs> as well. 
beautiful. And she's she red now. Immediately regrets it. Yeah, she's like, "Oh no, what have I done?" <laughs> and I'm like, Which is you... "So funny because she <laughs> chose to do it for to asked. save somebody." She was like, "Give me a tail, give me a tail, give me. I wish for a tail, I wish for a tail, I wish for a tail." And then it happens, and she's like, "Oh no, what have I done?" Anyways, now I gotta save my friend's life from this killer seaweed. Let's be honest; it's been like three hours. No, nobody's friends. <laughs> But then again, she becomes, like, you know, infatuated by Mermaid Prince over there by 10 minutes of swimming underwater. So, really, it's a low standard. Yeah, I mean, three <laughs> three hours together? Ooh, they're besties. <laughs> so she swims down. She gets a super boost of speed because she has a tail now. And then go... Yeah, she's strong! Allegedly. And she just kind of pulls the seaweed off of Nori. And that's where I noted, like, you could just rip it off. It's that easy. Yeah. Nordy has hands. Is she stupid? Yeah. Just use your hands. Just pull. Yeah. Also, why does the seaweed crave violence? <laughs> why does the seaweed crave violence? I mean, we've assumed at this point to feed yeah. it in. That's... It's, I'm just it's... going through my notes chronologically Oh, okay. Now. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> I, we, we've discussed that one. You know, can't, uh, you know, mermaid eating seaweed. This is one of the this is a part of this movie where it feels like there's like a book that goes far deeper into the lore of everything. But the movie just shows things and doesn't explain, you know, kind of like how um, uh, the Princess Bride. The movie is like. A version of a book that's a condensed version of another book. So there's like a bunch of explanations for everything. But somebody was like, oh, this is boring as shit. I'm going and to then, act like I knew this information beforehand. So, like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, so story time. The Princess Bot Bride was originally, like, a really old book. But it was extremely dry and boring. Okay. And this, like, this, like, dad found it to read to his daughter. But he was like, this is extremely dry and boring. So he cut it down a bunch and added a bunch of jokes. And that is why, at least in the movie, I don't know if it's actually in the book. That's why in the movie, there's the scenes of the old of the grandpa reading to his kid, because that's how that the newer version of the story that people actually like was produced. That's so touching. It is. And anyways, that's Eddie Furlong. Cool. An actor. So yeah, Nori's free. And guess what? Elena gets caught. Wow. And then as Alina's being dragged away, Nori's like, grab my hand. And there's so much sexual tension. Again. And Nori pulls out Alina in like this beautiful, like over the head, like cartwheel spin thingamabob with prolonged oh, yeah. eye contact. And it wasn't that hard. And then they just swim away. Like, it yep. was not hard. They're through. They're through. It was real quick and easy. You're telling me nobody got down here? You're telling me nobody got down here? Why is there a fish in the next scene? <laughs> That's my next question. There's a talking goddamn fish. <laughs> so, we're now in darkness. There's light emitting from one place, and we see a clam. We hear a voice, and it's like, who's there? They respond, which just seems like a bad life choice. Like, you know, if you're in a dark, scary place, like, maybe don't just give all of the information up front. Because they literally just go, this is who we are, this is why we're here. 
It's like, okay, like, you know, she only asked for one detail of who sure, are you. Sure, you don't know who it is. You could just say your name. Yeah, just say your name. You don't know if they want to help you or not. Like, you know, you're in a place called the Depths of Despair, by God. Like, I would not trust things in there. The goddamn plants just tried to kill you. Yeah, tried to eat you. Turns out it's a really big fish. Quite big. And the fish is like, come closer so I can see you. They go closer. And I'm like, <laughs> they're very trusting. I wouldn't trust this fish. Like, they're very trusting mermaids. Why... Mm, yeah kids if you're listening to this one um don't i really fish. hope you're i really hope you're 18 listening to this because boy do we swear don't, a decent amount don't don't trust it no nobody under our age is listening to this podcast they don't know about the movies that's a good point don't trust fish don't trust, don't trust fish. gas station sushi well that just seems like a poor life choice <laughs> make sure to properly prepare fish well cooking you don't want to get any uh parasites or anything it can be very bad for you it'll go right through you but not the parasites those stay in you if you need help i've heard youtube is a wonderful place to learn or a huge purveyor of misinformation but you'll never know which eat the fish it's fine trust the fish trust the fish eat the fish suck down the fish suck it down slurp it right in your bubble tea like tapioca anyway moving on the fish compliments them saying they must be very brave and alina's like thank you or very desperate and i was like <laughs> dramatic pause oh for that's win. what my note is about what did you say i i, I just have a note that says or very dumb <laughs> I, I try, i've been trying to figure out for like the past five minutes what that it was in reference to because i didn't write down any of the context <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I'm glad we figured Which it was out. My mistake. Um, <laughs> yeah, all good now. I, I understand everything perfectly. Yeah, I also thought or very dumb, but I did enjoy the dramatic pause joke. It was entertaining. Yeah. Um, Always it a, doesn't take a, a lot one. to make me laugh. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the fish says that she can't tell them where Nalu is, but this can. And then the fish swims to the clam. The fish then emits some type of magic. The clam opens up, and we see the mirror of the mist. Wow. And Nori asks, where's Nalu? And the fish is like, you are so impetuous. Which, can we just say, like, this film is doing quite a good job on, like, just vocab words. Oh, yeah, no. Like I said, they just pulled out the thesaurus there. But they've used it For well. Sure. But they've used it well. Exactly. So, like, props to the writers on that, because while you may have pulled out a thesaurus, I respect it, because, again, you're using it well, you're using it properly, and... It sounds like you're reading from a thesaurus right now. children. Shut up. <laughs> I'm not. Anyways, I hate this fish. I just want one character that isn't a vague riddlemeister. Right? Not, not everything has to be a riddle. But so the fish is just like, are you sure that that's what you want to know? As a reward for defying the depths of despair, you can learn anything in the world. And as she's looking to Nori, she's like, if your true love loves you. And I'm like, isn't that the definition of a true love? Yeah, kind of. (laughs) Cool. Just checking. Then she turns to Alina and she's like, or if you're truly meant to be a fairy with wings. 
How does the fish know so much about them? Magic. Why does the fish know so much about them? I don't know. I think the magic fish by the magic mirror that can see everything kind of has infinite knowledge that we cannot comprehend. Sure. What's it? What's in the darkness? This fish is an eldritch being. The depths of despair is where Cthulhu is sleeps eternally until he awakes to destroy the world. All right. There is a reason we cannot see outside of this weird, like, orb th thing that they're inside of where the mirror of the mist is. They have unleashed an eldritch power upon the world. Nobody was meant to come down here. It's not that nobody has. It's that nobody was meant to. They can merely not... Nobody watching the movie can comprehend the visions that they are seeing, and that's why we do not notice these images inside of the movie. But once the thin veil between reality and dream starts to break down, we will finally witness the truth of Vermadia. So the fish asks, are you sure that you want to waste the opportunity on Nalu's location? And Alina and Nori just signal and confirm, and then Alina's like, it's not, we aren't wasting the opportunity and Nori pipes in and she's like, we want to know where Nalu is. Nothing is more important. So yeah, that's kind of the whole like, reason they came down here. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Also, also, everybody will die if they fail. Yeah, props. Yeah, but they don't know that. They don't know that. No, no they've, they've seen the poison. Oh, they have seen they the know poison. That. They've they seen the poison, that. so they know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I have a different gripe with things later. So the fish says, okay, fine, and then shows them. And he's above water dangling upside down on a cliff. And if he is kept there, he will die. And they ask how to find him. And the fish goes to the pearl, blows a bubble. It goes around the pearl. Beautiful animated, like, three-second clip there where it just feels like it just glitches. And then mm. some magic colorful bubble starts floating around. Turns out that's a beacon. And if you follow it, it'll start them on the right path. And off they go. I hate that they called it a beacon. That's a fucking bubble. <laughs> yeah, but bubble bibble, I understand the difficulty for little kids. So, like, I'll, I'll give them that one. They clearly do not care about difficulty of words in this movie. <laughs> we have spent plenty of time addressing that. Fair, fair. Why is this fish there? I mean, we've discussed that whole thing. But, like, also... You never learn the name of this fish. That's just, it's just a fish. Fish. It's a fish, and I did not check the credits. Uh, even Alina calls it fish later. I mean, she's not wrong. Hey, they didn't ask for a name. It asked for their name, but they didn't ask it. It's yeah, that's on them. So yeah. So we make it to the top of the depths. We're back with Bibble, and Bibble's playing with the monstrous crab. You know. We've established that. We talked about that. Yeah. They see the beacon, and Babel is mesmerized by it, and he waves to Nori and Alina as they pass, and then when Babel sees the tail, he's like, what? And it's fantastic. Yep. It's a great animated moment. Always. And Alina says, it's okay, I'll explain later, and Babel joins them. Off we go. She never explains it to Babel. No, she doesn't. I mean, I just assumed that she explained when we were cut away. Yeah, we have to assume it's between scenes and whatnot. The travel parts that we don't yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. But also, she got the tail, so now she can swim a lot faster and stuff, right? Bibble can always keep up. Oh, yeah. Bibble is so strong. 
Yeah, we knew this. I never yeah. even questioned it. Just another reiteration of it. Bibble okay. always keeps up. Yeah. Which proves that Bibble could have cleared the depths of despair by himself. Oh, yeah. I mean, Bibble also wouldn't have been dumb enough to get caught. And even if he did, he would just swim away. Yep. He's fast. He's a slippery one. He's small. He's shifty. Could the seaweed even touch him? No. I don't think so. I think he would, like, notice it at the last minute and, like, scatter. Oh, yeah, it would be a... No, it would be a slapstick moment. It would be fantastic. But it wouldn't get him. No. He would get it. Exactly. He would eat the seaweed. I believe... That might be Bibble's actual food. That's Bibble's superpower. He can consume anything. We have shown... It has been displayed that he is an endless stomach to displace any amount of matter, as shown by the cake from the Fairy. Because it was larger than him, and he was the same size after consuming the entire thing. Therefore, Bibble is a bag of holding. Look, he was a little lethargic, but that's understandable. He ate something that was three times his size. But, like... That's because he carbo-loaded from the cake. Yeah, yeah, that makes you tired. That's just just poor planning before, like, you know, eating a big cake before making a big trip. Like, you know. My hypothesis that I will posit now that I've just come up with this second is that Bibble has, in fact, already eaten the immunity berry. Oh. Or an immunity berry. At some point in his life? At some point in his life. I believe that, because nothing hurts Bibble. Nothing hurts Bibble. I mean, does Bibble get caught? Potentially. But that's not magic. That's just him flying into a trap. Yeah. Because he was celebrating. Has he just set off traps intentionally? Maybe. How can we know the machinations of Bibble's mind? Look, it's all a grand master plan with him. He's pulling the strings behind the... This is getting a little too close to anti-Semitism again. (laughs) There's a shadowy cabal of Bibbles. (laughs) Oh no, alright, moving on. Listen to the research episode. Yeah, it'll be posted soon. Hopefully. Max is climbing up a cliff, and he has... Made it to the immunity berry, and there is a special glow from this cave. And he gets in the cave, but isn't sure which berry is the immunity berry. And just when he thinks he's got it, Magma calls, and Max calls her most evilness. Not as clever, but I'll give it to him. Glad you're writing all these down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially after we noticed it after the first half of the movie, I was like, yeah. I'm at least gonna do it for the second half. Yeah, no, you had that power because I just watched the movie all at once and then you split it up. Yeah. So I'm glad you could do that. Wee! Laverna cuts him short and asks if he has the immunity berry. Max says yes. Laverna says, show me. Max pulls out a berry. Not the right one. Laverna's not happy. It's time for several pickings of the wrong berry. I wrote that down as the same Is it again? It's wrong again. He does this until every single berry is picked. And I wrote rule of threes, but then he picked way more than three. Yeah, also, oh. I have a question, and this is, yeah. like, twofold. It's, it's Laverna's fault, but it's also Max's fault, and I just want to preface that. But how did Max end up the head of this mission, which seems like the utmost importance, without knowing what the berry looked like? Yeah, good question. How the fuck? There's just, like, talk to it. Just ask. Isn't that, like, the first question? It's like, I need you to go get the immunity berry from this place. Cool. How? What does it look like? Yeah, how 
Capture the prince, get him to take you. Cool. What does it look like when I need to get it? Yeah. <laughs> oh! I had a I had a note from the last scene also. Oh because they look at, they look into the mat that I totally just skipped over. My bad. They they have a um they look at, when they look into the mirror, they see where Nalu is and he's hanging from like some trees. Yeah, he's and they're hanging like, upside down on a cliff. Off of a cliff. And they're like, Oh no, he's going to dry out. Which he's going to dry out and die. Which brings to my attention, they can die from just being out of water. Why do they just chill there sometimes then? Yeah, yeah, I had that thought too. In Fairytopia and the beginning of this one, Nori is in Crystal Cove as well. Why do they just chill there if that kills them? I don't know. It's different. It's daring. It's edgy. You know. I don't go to fucking Chernobyl and be like, oh yeah, <laughs> if I hang out here long enough, it will just kill me. I just don't go there. But, like, it's, like, the same concept of, hey, like, this might kill me, but in short bursts, it's fine. They, breathing air is like drinking alcohol to them. Yeah! New fan lore. New fan lore just dropped. They just All the mermaids to... in the air are just getting fucking wasted. Let's go! Let's fucking party! Anyways, Max is so damn horny for Laverna. Oh, yeah. Back in the scene we're actually in. Yeah. So, we see a montage. Everything is wrong. And there are no more berries. And Max says, Nalu said it was here. And, it's, and I was like, oh, it's probably just hidden away in some special part of the cave that you just haven't discovered yet. Yeah. No. 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 I was very wrong immediately. Yeah. Max just doesn't see it. It's behind him. And he points up while he's trying to, like, you know, flirt with Laverna. And Laverna sees it. And Max was like, if I may have an opportunity. And Laverna's like, yes! And Max is like, oh, I thank you. And he's, like, trying to, like, start flirting with her. And Laverna's just like, it's behind you, you stupid idiot. And turns out the immunity berry is a very small berry with a red stripe in the middle of it. Yep. That's it. Yeah, remember how that looks. Yeah, it's important. It's a yellow berry, round, red stripe. That's all you need. So, we're following the beacon. Bibble loves the beacon. It's a fantastic beacon. Bibble wants to fuck this bubble. Look, Bibble fucks. We decided that in the last Bibble, episode. Bibble fucks, and you know why now, and we're not going to talk about it until we get there. No, we're moving on. So, Nori's arms... And Elena's arms glow, and it's the crest of courage. Apparently, it's real, and the legends say that if you're strong enough to go to the very bottom of Mermadia, you'll be decorated with the crest of courage. It's a tattoo. Cool. The necklace is turning back to white. Uh, the outside pearls are white, and we've made it to the boiling hot geysers. Hey, Boingo! Yeah, go for it. So when Delphine... Get Delphine gives Alina the pearl necklace. She says they were turned deep blue, then turn white one at a time. Yeah. They absolutely they turn back two at a time. They go outside in, so the two on the outside turn back, then the two in the middle outside turn back, and then the one in the very center turns back. It is not one at a time. Yeah, I noticed that. Did we, did we go over the Crest of Courage? Yeah. I spaced out for a second. Okay, 
<laughs> Why is everything in this world a goddamn legend? I don't know. I just accept it and move on. Why is there a myth for everything? Also, important note, I think the crest was actually a feature on the dolls for Mermaidia. So, I'm pretty sure the mermaid dolls, when they got wet on their arm, it would appear. That's actually kind of cool. And that's why it's... And like, like I've stated, all of the dolls and stuff were made before the movie, so then the movie is written around the dolls that they have. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, that's why this is, like, a thing. Also... Jesus Christ, Barbie, encouraging children to get tattoos? I know, how dare you? How dare you? Wow. What a monster that Anyways. Barbie is. What a monster. So there's no way Bibble doesn't pop the bubble. Oh, yeah. We're about to get there. So Bibble's playing with the bubble. He pops the bubble. And, by the way, we're at the Boiling Hot Geysers. I don't think I finished this, but we're at the Boiling Hot Geysers, and the people have been incinerated just by brushing up against one of them which seems excessive but like okay and bibble pops a bubble and nori's very upset bibble looks like he's gonna cry and i just feel bad for bibble in this moment like nori's just hounding on him and bibble's oh, like, yeah, i no. didn't do it and you know nori's like you must have touched it magic bubbles don't just pop that's why they're magic and Alina's like, well, maybe sometimes they do. The fish said the bubble would start them on the right path. And now it's time to choose. And Nori's like, all right, fine. Our choices are up and down. Alina says we should go up. We saw Nalu above water. That makes sense. Only way to go. And I was like, well, it's got to be down. Because that's how it works. Mm -hmm. Guess what? As soon as Alina starts to swim upwards, Nori's like, wait. And says Nalu isn't above water at all. And... You know, it was so bright out, but he didn't look dried out. And not like he like he would have looked very dried out in the sun. And Alina asks, where would it be bright like that if not above the water? And there's only one place under the water that would be that bright. And it's through the geysers. And both Alina and Bibble are scared. And, you know, props for once Alina scared of something. It's not just our cowardice king, Bibble. Yeah. So they head to the geysers. Wait, if he didn't look dried out, why were they worried he was going to die? She's literally insane. Well, she only just realized that he didn't look dried out. She didn't look at it anymore in that scene. She only saw it once, briefly. And now she's like, oh, wait, he wasn't dried out. He must be fine. He must be in this place. What if they just put, pulled him out of the water also? Wouldn't he still not be dried out? Yeah. How do they know? No. How do they know? Also, Nori definitely has anger issues, and I'm kind of into TBH. Cool. So, if anyone needs to get in contact Scissors. with Griffin, I'm not going to lie. Shoot me an email. <laughs> Any questions you got? <laughs> Even if Comments, it's asking... He, he, he lives in Seattle, if that makes any difference to anybody. Hey, we, uh, last episode... Last episode, I didn't forget, so nobody can get my private number. Sorry, I gotta stick to it. I mean, like, you know, what's the deal this time? I have Snapchat, though. There's no deal. I remembered. That's it. What? There's no deal for this episode. There's no threat in you accidentally losing your private number. I'll come up with something for next one. All right. Sounds good. I think moving on. Yeah, this is the second one. You already know everything that happens in the movie. You already know how wrong your predictions were. Barely right. <laughs> Mostly wrong. <laughs> you know, potato, potato. Almost entirely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Why did you let me be happy? 
Because you're lying. <laughs> All right, so they got to go through the geyser. Yeah, we're trying to head through the geysers. Well, they do it. They're holding hands, which in these movies only happens when people are into each other. Whee! That's number three for this episode where we're like, damn, or how many times have we said the sexual tension is rampant in this movie? I think I've lost count. Maybe only twice. No, I think we're on three. I think we might be on three total. I think we're but on that three. that includes last episode. No, 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 because last episode we definitely had one or two. I think we had two last episode. Oh, never mind then. I'm, I just can't count. I mean, I'm a, I also might be forgetting. Last episode was a week ago. So Yeah, it was a while back. You know. So they're rushing through the geysers, getting real close and dangerous because they're oh, real hold high. On. There's a there's there's a whole system that we have to get through before we get to the rushing through the geysers. Okay, so I have, a joke I have issues there, with. So. so just okay. wait a second. We'll get to your joke. Now, Nori says that it's hard, but that she's done it before, and you have to watch the eruption patterns and time it just right so that you swim through and quiet. Bibble's terrified, but her logic makes sense. And Alina trusts Nori, but doesn't trust herself. And Nori's like, okay, we'll go together. And I just felt bad for Bibble at this moment. And they watch the eruptions happen. And they go, one, two, three, four. They watch this one time. And then they just go. Yeah. Now, while they're going, a couple of things. One, you did not pay attention to any patterns. You just nope. looked at the order that they did and well, just she's swam. Done she's done it before, so she knows it already. Fair. Here's the other thing. They have definitely dodged more than four of these geysers, and they only counted to four. After four, they're just going based on luck. They get real close to some of these geysers. They do. Is, is that edging? Is that edgy? Is that edging? Edgy. <laughs> The music is very good in this scene. I'm just disappointed. The music is quite good in this scene in no, particular. No, the music's it's, fantastic. It's good in general. Uh, I just like noticed it again in this scene because that's really all there is to listen to. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. And then, hey, look, we made it. And then immediately I was like, wait, Bibble isn't with us. I think Bibble stays in front of the geysers because he knows he's invulnerable. <laughs> he wanted to risk death. He just wanted to be like, I wonder what it might feel like. And Nori goes back looking for Bibble. She finally finds him. She grabs him like half a second before that little puffball would have been incinerated. Or just or like not or a, incinerated. Or or just like a nice like warm breeze. And she saves Bibble, who is now just has his eyes closed. He's a little soft-boiled. Have you ever heard that term before? Soft-boiled? Yeah, like an egg. No, I know that, but like, why is Bibble soft-boiled? Because he almost got cooked fully. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. But, uh, also, Nori had a had a pretty big voice crack on saying soft-boiled. Oh, did she? you? Can just re she did. You can just re-record the line. You're in a studio. Fair. Something tells me they did not record multiple takes of most of it. Yeah, probably not. It feels like a day of recording. Yeah, 4,000 words, easy. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, so, I, didn't, I didn't check the script. Read the rest of the scene, and I'll see if I can find the script for Barbie Mermadia and do a word count. Ooh, have fun. Have fun. 
Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the intermission. I hope you're all enjoying this episode of Post Finale as Griffin and I continue learning about Bibble's adventures and what is happening in the world of Barbie Fairytopia Mermaidia. And so before we get back to the wild adventures of Bibble and what's going on over there, just a couple of quick housekeeping things. If you are enjoying this show and want to help support on Patreon, it is greatly appreciated. Just head over to patreon.com slash postfinale and sign up for any tier, whichever one works for you. And you get different types of bonus content for signing up for different tiers. So you can get access to my notes, you can get access to some bonus audio, different things like that. And if you still want to help the show and in a non-monetary way, that is great as well. Tell a friend about the show. That's the easiest way to help grow the show. And it really does help a lot. Just reach out and be like, hey, if you want to hear this actor's thoughts while he watches movies for the first time, go check it out. It tends to be pretty interesting and he tends to be wrong a lot. So you get to laugh at him and it's a good time. It really does help out a lot. And... Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Pod on all the social medias. And be sure to tune in because next week we are going to be starting to talk about a new movie, which is Moonlight. And we will be starting that next week with a very special guest, so be sure to tune in. But before we get to Moonlight, we have to finish learning what is happening to Bibble and his friends and what is going on. Yes, I know Alina is the main character, but really, let's be honest, we all care about Bibble. So let's go figure out what's happening and jump back into this episode of Post Finale. So he kept his eyes closed the whole time. He opens them and is like, great, we're good. We can continue. And they do. And Bibble gets scared by the geysers and then follows. And now we're in a cave with lots of different colors and weird plant life. And it's edible fruit. And most of them have different magical powers. Here are some of the ones. You can only speak backwards. You can make all of your hair fall out. You can reveal your true self. Alina asks if there are any love potion berries. And I was like, why? Who are you trying to poison? And then Alina's just like, well, Nori, you could just give one to Nalu. And Alina brings up that, look, I know that you're in love with Nalu. And Nori's like, no, it doesn't matter. The princes don't go to commoners like me. And What it's... even is a commoner in I don't this know. world? I don't know. I really can't tell. We only meet two mermaids. We legitimately meet two mermaids. Yeah. So... Also, Jesus Christ, Chekhov's berries. What? Oh, yeah. I call these I call these Chekhov's berries because, like, fuck, shit, dude. No way they're not going to be used. Also, the true self berries. Did we go over those yet? Uh, yeah. We I must just... have, because that note is before. I glossed over it. We'll get yeah, to it. I, the true self berry, the yellow berry that's there. I'll, that reveals your true self. Like, no shit, that's going to be used. Uh, so actually, uh, I have the script here. Oh. I'm actually getting, um, so I have surprising, actually, you want to guess? Let's say, how much was Fairytopia again? 4,000, actually, let me pull it up. Okay, for reference, Fairytopia was 4,435 words, 
with 24,330 characters. Okay. I'm gonna go that this one, because you were surprised. I'm gonna say it's like five and a half thousand words. It is 6,721 words with 35,730 characters. That is impressive. I've still written research papers longer than that, but like... So it's like 50% longer. Yeah. Anyways, I have both of those on a Google Drive as well now. Cool, I'm glad this is your life. You're welcome! Yeah, I'll I'll remember to do that for the next one. Let me write a note about that. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Fair enough. So... Also, Nori, about her love life, is like, by the way, um, she's pretty sure that, you know, uh, Nalu is in love with someone else. And Alina's like, who? And I'm like, you, you dumb idiot. Anyway, we cut to Bibble. He's happily swimming and sees a fruit. And he eats the fruit, and they aren't poisonous. But the first one makes Bibble yodel. Boingo! fantastic. Yes. So, yeah, yodeling Bibble. I, I waited until after we established that it changes his voice. When Bibble eats the fruit that changed his voice, the fruit arrangements on the branch he picks from constantly change. <laughs> he picks from the same branch, and he's swimming around it, but it, like, changes how the branch looks in a bunch of scene, a bunch of the scene. Fair. Fair. So, Bibble is changing his voice. First we have yodeling. First we have yodeling. Then we have opera. And then we have gruff male voice. I call it sexy voice, Bibble. Yeah, do you do a good, deep, sexy voice? No. Okay. Have you heard me? I have, but I didn't know if it was just an untapped skill that you've been keeping quiet from me for the last, like... Shall we show the audience something? how deep we can go with talking? I mean, it's not pretty, audience. I'm really sorry for what's about to happen, but um, it's the content you deserve but never asked for. Do you have the lines pulled up? Oh, I, uh, I can find, I can get them. I have the script now. I can also let just me, uh, send it to you. Sure. That sure. works too. Let me, let me type it real quick. Yeah, I just need the one important line because, you know, Bibble wants to fuck the berries. Oh, yeah. Bibble wants to bone down with these berries, but also like, why are Alina and Nori, like, so into sexy voice Bibble? Like, they're into it. Oh, they are very into it. They are turned on by it. There's the line. It's uh, but... quite... It's... <laughs> and, like, Alina's even like, how long is this going to last? And Nori's like, nowhere near long enough. And it's like, why are they so turned on by sexy voice Bibble? I mean, aren't you? I mean, like... It's a very nice voice. So it's not about what we're about to do, which is going to be horrendous. And I'm very sorry, but like, you know, we're incredible voice acting work. 10 out of 10. No, no notes. Um, But Bibble says when he's floating along and they're commenting on this, he's in an incredibly low voice. You can find scenes of this. Don't worry. It is fantastic. Please go look it up. Let's see how low I can talk. This is, I, I literally do not have a low voice. <laughs> but he just says, delicious. Well, hello, Barry. Don't you look lovely today? And you, aren't you the most luscious thing a branch ever saw? I was beautiful. 
10 out of and 10. And it's about 10 times hornier than that. Well done. I loved it. I absolutely uh, loved it. Boingo! Yeah. So, when Alina, Nori, and Bibble are in the magic sea fruit cavern, Bibble eats the fruit that hilariously changes change his voice. That is exactly what I copied from the wiki, by the way. I did not edit that sentence. When Alina asks Nori how long the effects will last, Nori's crest of courage disappears briefly. Oh, is she not courageous anymore? It just disappears for that one second, and then it's back. The power of sexy voice Bibble. The power of sexy voice Bibble. Yeah. All right, do you want to see how low I can go? And, you know, yeah. we, might, we might keep this part in. We might edit it out. We'll see. Sure, but... go for it. All right. Delicious. Well, hello, Barry. Don't you look lovely today? And you, aren't you the most luscious thing a branch ever saw? Yeah, I'd hire you with that. I'd hire you if that was your audition. I think you should send that to your agent. <laughs> we might leave it terrific. in. Uh, We're absolutely leaving it in. I mean, it is significantly quieter because like, I can't speak in a low voice that loudly. But also, if yeah. I'm in a recording booth, it don't matter. I need to stop. <laughs> Why can Bibble say real Hello. words now? I do not know. Before, I'm here to piss you off now. He could, before he could still talk. Yeah. And he said some words. But now that he has a low voice, he speaks entirely in English. Yep. Why can he say real words now? The power of sexy voice, Bibble. This is the best i have for you so moving on next scene so we find nalu and they don't know how to distract the fungi and they were like oh yeah and then they look at bibble and i was like oh look it's bibble distraction time they also bibble... say booyah so booyah is cannot canonically slang that is no used no in no Fairytopia. no no bibble says bibble says oh yeah and then after that they look at bibble bibble clocks that it's bibble distraction time and he just goes uh-oh like, still in his deep, sexy voice, he's just like, oh, yeah, no. oh. Somebody <laughs> in that conversation, and I don't remember who, says booyah. Oh. Somewhere in there, somebody says booyah. It is a slang term that is now canon to the Fairytopia world. This continues my premise that they are actively speaking the language of English, which somehow the fairies have. Okay. So Bibble's got to be a distraction. Yeah, so Bibble's gonna be a distraction. So he eats the opera berry. He starts singing. And fun guys start dancing. Boingo, boingo. Shoot. So there is a note. I called it an oingo boingo this time because it's uh, not a mistake. But, um, so do you want to know what Bibble is singing when he eats the opera berry? Because it's a real opera. Oh, I know it's a real opera, but I don't remember the name of it. It's a very, so very it famous is... opera. Yes, it is the Queen of the Night aria from Mozart's opera, The Magic Flute. And it's used when Bibble is singing. In my notes, I have a YouTube link. It is extremely impressive. Bibble singing or like... No, the actual the like woman singing. It. Yeah, no, it's... it's no, it's a like very famous opera. If you yeah, listen yeah. to the Mermaidia thing or just like the video of the actual opera because it's just a video of the actual opera i don't remember who 
does it but it's like a three minute video at the royal opera house it is uh diana damrau i think i'm pronouncing that and i think it's the no this wouldn't be the same person but she does an incredible job and whoever did it for whatever recording they took bibbles from did an incredible job it's an insane control of voice because it jumps up and down so insanely and it's so high pitched yeah it's insane I am blown away every time I hear it sung well. So the fungi feel emotion for the first time. Yeah. And they love each other. Hell yeah. That's the positive male role models we need. Yeah! There's nothing or wrong with saying I love you. positive mushroom role models. You know what? We'll take positive mushroom role models. I just wish they weren't anti-Semitism role models. <laughs> to be fair, they're not the worst. No, we I just wanted to talk worse. about it. Fair, fair. I just wanted to talk about that topic. So, Bibble flies away. The music is getting softer, but the fungi need to hear more, so they give chase. And they tell Nalu not to go anywhere. The girls then jump up and slice him free. Nalu is thrilled, but confused that Alina is a mermaid. And Alina's like, look, it's a long story. And, was, and then Nori's just like, well, not much longer. And we're down to Alina's final pearl is starting to turn white her final pearl is starting to turn white but it takes forever to turn white like this one just takes a very long time yeah but um also you skipped over the fact that when the fungi leave prince nalu he says he'll just hang out good joke he's hanging upside down from some trees (laughs) alina and nori are somehow actually friends now this feels like the first time in the movie that they're really friends yeah something happened on that uh, trip and also, everybody's got a knife. Yep. No, they have shells. Everyone's got a knife. No, they picked so, up shells. They cut him free with shells. That counts as, if it works as a knife, it's a knife. Okay. So, the la- anyways, the last pearls are, like, running out. And it's real fast in comparison. I don't know why Delphine was like, oh, yeah, why don't you just get a tail over here? Like, Jesus Christ. Also, they would not like, have had enough time. Can we just say, Delphine, like, horrible, horrible gift. Because oh, here's the thing. One, it goes down by two pearls at a time instead of the one, like you said. So, like, that's already an issue. But secondly, it's not like you said, like, you know, after you wish for a tail, you'll have five hours of tail and every pearl will be one hour or something. Or, like, something like that. You're just like... Well, you can wish for a tail, and at some point, the pearls will turn white, so, like, you better be done with whatever tomfoolery you need to get be done with, or be you'll be stuck the with the tail and be out there's of the water. No time but, scale. Like, yeah, but there's zero time scale to know. Like, you just have to be done. Like, what if you were still, like, halfway through your journey to get to Nalu, and it's just like, whoops, you're stuck with the Oops. tail now. What if you needed it? Yeah. What if you needed it twice, and the other time didn't happen? Anyways, so Nori says they have to leave, and Nalu reveals that he told Fungus where to find the immunity berry, and that the fungi want to give it to Laverna, and Elena says that Laverna immune to all magic would be a disaster. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Yeah, pretty big problem. That's yeah. kind of the whole plot of the movie. Yeah. So Bibble's singing, and the berry effects yeah. wear off. Real and, fast, in comparison to other times. And they hear Bibble's real voice. And they recognize it. And they give chase to Bibble. <laughs> Why did it take them 
so long to see him. Cable is just in front of them. (laughs) They were infatuated by the music. They weren't listening. They weren't looking. But also, this whole premise is flawed. Okay. Why did they have to distract the fungi when Nalu was above water? Like, hanging above the water. They had just had to jump up and cut him down. And the fungi could do nothing to actually stop them because he would just fall into the water. And they cannot swim. That's why they have the manta ray. All right, Griffin, look right here. Viewers, I know you can't see this, but... He's Griffin, holding his right, right hand out, yeah. Yeah, this is logic. His left hand is gesturing at his right hand and there's nothing in it. Great, this is what we're doing with the logic. Wait! <laughs> He has thrown it against the wall behind him. We're throwing it away. Wait, a little bit of it stuck on there like spaghetti. Oops, because I have questions. All right, go. I mean, I've already I've already asked them questions. They just they very clearly do not want to be in water. Why couldn't they just have cut him down? They couldn't go after them. They don't want to be in the water. They try to not fall into the water during the slapstick scene that proceeds from this point. Yeah. Why does the manta ray abet evildoers? The manta ray has been trained, and that's not the manta ray's fault. It's not allowed to think for itself. Anyways, you want to describe the scenes that are going on? Yeah, they're a hoot and a half, so let's go to happiness. So, Max is strutting back, being very proud, but he sees that Nalu has escaped. And Alina tells Bibble to get the berry that Max is holding. And Bibble's like, I got it. And Nalu jumps up to scare Max. Kind of. And Max loses his balance. I'm still not really sure how. But he loses his balance. And Bibble is trying to grab the berry from Max. But Max has a very strong grip with just two fingers. And then, you know, Max is able to regain his composure. And thanks Bibble for trying to help him. Now, physics doesn't work like that. No. But also... Oh, it doesn't. Look at Bibble's strength, man. He just pulled Max back. He's so strong. So strong. So His strong. wings are so strong. What that schnoz doing, though? Sneeze again. Jesus Christ, he could destroy the world with a sneeze. Right? So Bibble blows his tongue at Max and then kicks the immunity berry in the air. And both of the other fungi run to go catch the berry. And they run into each other. Nori jumps up and she catches the berry. And wow. Yeah, Max says, don't, don't just sit there, just go get the berry. And Nori's like, all right, let's go. And Nalu's like, wait, guys, Max has a vial of poison, and if we leave, he'll destroy Mermadia with it. And I was like, why don't you give us all of the details up front? He could have told them at any time. Right? Also, they know about the poison. They've seen it. But they didn't ask about it. Yeah. Worrying. They knew too. They, they were knew. just okay. They, they were they like, care. we got the berry, let's go. They didn't care that matters. everyone they, might die. They can eat the berry and become immune to the death, that, even though it sucks oxygen out of the water, and that's not how that works. Yeah, I mean, look, there seem to be a good fair few number of critters, but also, like, how big is Mermadia really? Because, like... In reality, we've met two mermaids and three merfairies. And a yeah, sea butterfly. Like, so, like, you know, we're killing, like, like, what? A population one. of, like, ten people? 
<laughs> and a crab. No, that crab is immune. You're so right. <laughs> uh, yeah, like ten people. Yeah, no okay. good. Actually, let's. Okay, real crab I... lord over here. Let's do. Let's do a real count. So there's Nalu and Nori. Great. Straight off the bat. How many mermaids were there in Fairytopia? Four. Three. Three hanging out with Nalu. Yeah. Okay. So then there's Tutu and Finfin. We're at seven. Sure. sure. We'll count the demonic the... turtle. We'll count the sea butterfly, the annoying sea butterfly from the beginning who no longer exists. But I'm that's okay eight. with that. There are the three merfairies. Yep. Are there any other mermaids in Mermaidia that we see? No. Cool. There's Shelly and the merfairy in her shell. Uh, so I'll 13. count them, sure. Oh, count the fish. The fish is I a I was about to the get there. Then there's the fish. Okay. And finally, the crab. Nah, but the crab's immune. The crab's immune, but he still lives there, and that's just what we're counting. Sure. That is, that is 15 sentient creatures. In the ocean. Uh, we'll say 16. We'll count the manta ray. I like it. It's cute. 17. Count the evil death kelp. Nah, the evil death kelp can die. <laughs> okay. 16. I lost there's two crabs, but we think they're the same one, so... Yeah, real crime spree over here. Real crime spree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a mastermind. That's it. So, they split up to avoid fungus, and they start playing catch with the immunity berry. Alina has an idea, and she and Nori split off, while the fungi go and chase Nalu. And they almost catch him, but Bibble comes in for the rescue, and he starts throwing things at fungus. And Alina calls for the berry. She's Oh. So the objects thrown by the main characters near the end of the film <laughs> should not have moon moved as fast as shown or hit the fungi as hard since they're, you know, underwater. No, Bibble's a powerhouse. I don't question it. It's not how physics works. Well, the other characters <laughs> also throw other things. Exactly. Physics, we've established isn't a thing, but also if physics... anyone's allowed to break physics, it's Bibble. So true. Yeah. Also, Bibble's just got an arm like that. It's just... A monster arm. Bibble got an arm on him. Yeah. To be fair, Alina also is shown to have a monster arm on her. Yeah, we see that in like the, in first, the first minute movie. and a half of the first movie, where she almost murders yeah. Bibble with a seed. So uh, they're trading around the immunity berry. Yeah, they're trading it around. Alina gets it, and she swims into a reef. And then we see it so prominently after she gets there. I'm like, oh, look, she switched it out. So the last pearl is starting to change. And Alina has to get to dry land. So she swims up a waterfall and lands on a rock. And is like, I did it. Can we Yay. just talk about how she didn't have a tail like an hour and a half ago? Now she's swimming up a waterfall. Yeah, which, like, as far as I know, isn't a thing like that living creatures can do. No living creature, to my knowledge, can swim up a waterfall. All right, I'm going it. We've said this. I did say to my knowledge in my defense on if I'm wrong, but I'm like 99.9% .9 sure. Google autofill can any, says anything, can anything fought, swim up urine? Uh, no, not urine. I, I don't want to know if they go upstream. I want to know about the waterfall. Yeah, upstream. A lot of things go upstreams. This one climbs the rocks behind the waterfall. That's not what Elena did. But, like, still impressive. 
Yeah, it's physically impossible. Yeah, so she breaks physics for like the 18,000th time in this movie. So she swims up a waterfall, she lands on a rock, and she's like, great, I've done it. And, oh look, it's Max. It's and Max. he gives her a choice, and he says, you can either give me the berry, or he will drop the poison into the water. And Mermadia will die out by the end of the day. I mean, yeah, it's 16 creatures. If he just drops the vial, it is still sealed. Yeah. So she's like, okay, Alina gives the berry to Max. And then he opens the vial and then drops the cork and the vial. And Alina dives to save it. She catches it and puts the stopper cork back on before hitting the water. But just as she hits the water, the last pearl turns white. And she has stuck as a mermaid. Oops, all mermaids. That's my favorite Captain Crunch cereal. It was the lid on that poison bottle always that precariously on there? Because they've been underwater for a long time. You're telling me none of it, like, leaked out or it didn't accidentally pop off? Yeah. It was very loose. It was very loose. Here's the other thing. Max is a terrible villain. Why would you drop both the stopper? Yeah. And the vial. Just pop that sucker out. Just just pour it, and she can't, like, do anything, do anything. about it. How are you going to stop liquid? <laughs> What's she going to do? Like, dive down, like, stick her mouth open and drink all of it? And then, like, sacrifice herself literally? Presumably die? No. Yeah. Literally dumbest thing. So dumb. So dumb. Also, I would not hold that vial underwater after you've seen how easily the lid comes off and the fact that it has the water-killing poison. Right? I would not keep that down there. Nah, they don't care. They don't care. It's fine. They don't care. Nah. Anyways. So, Alina's stuck as a mermaid, and I'm like, well, that's not gonna last. And something about a sacrifice or something will let her get her wings back was my prediction. And Bibble's confused by the tale, and Alina is sad that her wings are gone for good. And she cries, there are no tears. <laughs> nope. None. Nalu Literally says that he cannot. wishes Alina's sacrifice didn't come in vain because Fungi got the berry and soon they will all be at the mercy of Laverna. And Nori's like, it's not true. We switched the berries. Oh no, who could have guessed? Oh, Chekhov's berry. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was used in the third act. It was also revealed yay. in the third act, but whatever. Woo! So the berry that shows the true identity looks just like an immunity berry, except that they faked the red stripe. And so they hid the real one in the seaweed. Great. With what paint? I don't know. <laughs> that was my next question. How did they fake it? Also, they hid it on coral, not seaweed. Oh, my bad. They hid it on coral. No, no, they said seaweed. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm saying that... This they is hid my it own on movie. coral. Yeah, they, they hid it okay, on they hid, coral. They did hide it on coral. That's they what said I thought. Seaweed. Okay, that's why I wrote seaweed. Yeah, you yeah, wrote okay. what they said, but what they did was not that. No, they hid it in coral. So they give it to Nalu for safekeeping, and Nalu is thrilled. He's like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And Max and the other fungi are off to the bugs. Wouldn't they and just pass each other talking about this? You would think, but I don't know at this point. It's just on, they're just hanging out underwater, not that far away. No, they're right there. A really awkward drive-by. Yeah. 
So Bibble's like, can we go home? And Alina's like, I can't go home ever. She's a mermaid now. And she's like, I'm never going to see Peony or Dandelion again. And oh, Bibble now can't... she's worried about Dandelion? <laughs> yeah, now she's worried about Dandelion. Bibble can't stay underwater forever. And Bibble says no and is very upset. And I was feeling bad. I was like, Bibble's losing his best friend. Yeah, like, it's a good thing we have the true self, Barry, that was established yeah. two minutes ago. Yeah. Nori hands her the true self, Barry. And Nori believes that Alina's true self hasn't changed from when they met until now, even though she looks different. And the Barry will turn her into her true self. I didn't feel like that's how the berry worked. I didn't feel like it was like a transformation berry. I thought it was more of like a, hey, you eat this and you'll have a vision. But nah, apparently it transforms you. That wasn't in the instruction manual of the berry. Nah, it's just that it makes you your true self. Yeah, Look, I guess so. All I'm saying. And she's like, what if my true self doesn't have wings? And... It's like, would that be so horrible? You'd be you, smart and brave and everything that makes you special. And then I was also like, also, you'd just be how you spent your entire life other than, like, the last week. Transberry, Transberry. Oh, uh, but yeah, like... Fuck it. Dude, if I would love... Could, if the berry could change her forever, why couldn't the pearls? They were far more magical. Yeah. The berries why are just the berries. Also, you just said Transberry. I'm not gonna lie, I would love to see a Barbie movie where Barbie eats a berry and then becomes a Ken. That'd be pretty amazing. That's Barbie 2, baby. Um, still haven't seen Barbie 1. You mention that every time. Yeah, I'm really I'm bad at it. Fucking get you. Uh, anyways, new wings, new doll. That's the motto. Woo! Yeah, so she eats the berry. And, you know... We get the magic sparkles, we get the magic turn, we get the magic light, it's mandatory. And she shoots up into the sky, and she's a fairy with very beautiful, large pink wings. And Bibble's very happy. Nalu is holding Nori's hand and says, looks like everything has turned out perfectly. And Nori's like, what? I thought you were in love with Alina. And Alina's like, no, we're just friends. Nalu's in love with you like you're in love with him. And Nalu's like, is this true? Absolute snitch behavior. Right? And Nalu's just like, is this true? And Nori's like, what do you think? And I was like, Nalu's a guy. He probably doesn't know. He's probably still confused. Just tell him. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, then they hold hands. Then they hold hands, which means they're forever in love and forever intertwined in the Barbie world. Bibble makes some adorable noises and is very emotional. He somehow has a tiny handkerchief. New Bibble lore. He can produce snot and he carries a handkerchief. Where uh, I do not know. That's <laughs> for Bibble to know and for you to never find out. Unfortunately, maybe? There's two, three more movies. There is. We might find out. Might find out. Also, was it, wait, wait, back to the, back to the, we're back on the wings. I'm back on the wings. <laughs> Wasn't the wings that she originally had a product of a, I'm going to call it a buff for video game terms, but um, a product of a buff from the necklace that she was given by the Enchantress. How would though, how is that overridden by the pearls? And why wouldn't it just take effect again? Why wouldn't she then just be essentially a merfairy with both a tail and wings? 
Why would she need to eat the berry? Also, she doesn't need the necklace anymore, I guess, because her true self has wings. Also, how does her true self have wings? Wouldn't her true self... Not have what wings? Even, how do they define true self? What does it mean? I don't know. I really do not know. Anyways. I have so many questions, but I have zero answers. I hear you, Griffin. I question the same I know, thing. I'm, I yell into the void for I know not. If it makes you feel I better, desire. I do enjoy that Like we trade off on who's yelling into the void. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. It's a nice, it's uh, a nice change so of pace. <laughs> that's pretty much the end of that scene, right? Yeah, pretty much. Alina's just like, you know, um, I would love to be a fly on the wall when Laverna eats the berry. What do you think is going to happen? Hey, let's go find out. So Max gives Laverna the berry, and she eats the berry, and she changes. She feels different, and she looks like a frog. A frog with, like... Accents and hair, so it kind of looks like she's wearing an outfit still. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of odd. But Max tries to sneak away, and Laverna sees her reflection in the pond. She is not happy. She is half the size of Max, but has all the power in this scene. And Max isn't sure how it happened. And, you know, they were sure that it was the right berry. He mentions that they fought Nalu, his mermaid friend, and Alina. And Laverna, hearing Alina's name, is very upset. And yeah. she says... That she'll get Alina if it's the last thing that she does. And I was like, dun, 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 please tell me Laverna is more used in the third film. I hope so. But also, she didn't really have that much of an evil plan this time. It was kind of just set up for, like, future evil. It felt like it was set up. Like, there wasn't a whole lot. It just felt like, you know, she was trying to get something to work so that she could then continue wreak, like, wreak bigger havoc. But she had to do yeah. step one. And I appreciate that we got to kind of see her trying to do step one. Right? Because you don't normally see that. You normally just get to jump in on, woo, we've skipped all it, the other steps. In the last movie, she was kind of on, she kind of went through the whole process. Like, she had a plan. She had the stuff prepped. She was kidnapping the guardians. Yeah, like, we jumped in at kidnapping guardian step. But we didn't see any of the previous steps. Very quickly, so she was ready to go. Yeah. This time we're on step one, get out of the fucking bogs in the hinterlands. Yeah. Which didn't work very well. Did not end up working very well. Yeah. So that's the end of that. That's pretty much, I think, hopefully setting up the third one, which is Mariposa. No, Mariposa is the fourth one. That's technically a spinoff in the same world. What's the the third third one? one is Power of the Rainbow. Great. Wait, we're not even done with the movie yet. No, we're not. That's just set up for the third movie. Yeah, so we yeah, have yeah. one final scene. And Azura comes by to tell Dandelion that, don't worry, she's fine. And Alina shows up and gives Dandelion a hug. And Azura ca- came over to congratulate her on a job well done. She's proud of her. And then Bibble's like, what about me? And Azura's proud of him too. Fair. But he shouldn't have to ask. It should be in the same breath. Bibble did the distracting. Bibble knocked the berry out of Fungus's hand. Bibble saved Nalu from the fungi while they were being chased by throwing objects. Bibble did so much. He was important. He did so much. But Alina asks if Azura can stay, but she can't, and she's going to see her again soon and flies away. That's ominous. So Azura's probably going to be back for the third film. And they really had her in this scene for, like, right at the beginning and right at the end, like, two lines. They just needed a bookend. 
And yeah. Dandelion starts asking questions, and Alina's like, I don't know where to start, and don't worry, Bibble is here to save the day. And so they start heading back to Peony, and Bibble starts telling her what happened. And apparently, Bibble stopped the tide pools from poisoning Mermadia all by himself. At least they humor him. But yeah. also, also, Alina specifically says, like, that Dandelion's not going to believe her. I think Dandelion would believe her if she let her come on any of the adventures. <laughs> Instead of being a dick. Yeah. Also, Fair. is Dandelion just kind of, like, waiting for them in a random place? Where yes. were they going? Their houses are flowers on the ground. She was just waiting? How long was that adventure? I mean, I guess that adventure was, like, a d 48 hours, because she said at next sunset, but when did that first adventure start? Was it, like, right at the end of the day, or what? Yeah. I'm confused. Apparently. There's no sense of time. I don't know, but, There's like... no sense of place. They humor Bibble, but he doesn't need that sarcasm and that humor. Just humor him. But, like, yeah. they fly off, they go to a rainbow in the background, up in the sky, and that's, that's, the that's end what of the I'm movie. saying. That's what I'm saying, where they're going. Their houses are on the ground. Yeah, I don't know. I'm confused. But that's Anyways, the end of the movie. It goes to credits, and at the yes. end of the credits, there is another Barbie quote. Hit me with it. It is trust your true self. Barbie. I think it's lamer than the last one. It's hard. But yeah. Yeah. It's uh, not as good. The last one at least had like a double meaning of like, hey, you're, you might make friends that like you just haven't met yet. And they could be very close yeah, friends. Here, in fact, let me, let me pull up that one word for word. Here really Isn't quick, the... just for comparison. Sure, sure. Let's compare. I, I think there was more to it. No, the last one... The last one, you're getting... Okay, you almost got me here. I was like, that's not right. It's not the same thing. No, for the friends you haven't met yet was what they say in the movie. The Barbie quote at the end was, what makes you different makes you special. Okay. That was yeah, at the end of Fairytopia. That's significantly better than what was at the end of Mermadia. Just your true self. Nah, stick with the first one. Lame. Do not trust yourself. Go to therapy. I mean, you can trust yourself. But, like, check yourself. Before, in fact, you wreck yourself. That would be ideal. So, how did this movie do? It got a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Yep. It has a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. And for reference, when, which I stated in the first research thing I did, Fairytopia had a 50% and I believe a 5. Yep, that sounds about right. So, significantly better, and I will say, definitely was. Yeah, I would call this better. Yeah, do you have any other notes, or do we just want to talk about what we thought? No, I think it's, I legitimately, like, look, am I ever going to sit down and watch this film again? No. Probably never in my life. Not unless there's an event. No, there has to be something very specific of why I am sitting and wasting time watching this film again. However... That being said, I have definitely wasted my time and watched worse films <laughs> that were significantly less enjoyable True. with more complex plot lines. This was like, this was fun if it was just like, I get the appeal for kids. Yeah. It would be fun like if I'm watching this in like a couple years with like my niece. 
or something. Mm -hmm. Like, that would be why, like, I would watch this. But, like, I wouldn't really sit down and watch it again, obviously. But, like, it's a fun movie. It's a fun, like, if you need an hour to kill, pop it on. Like, it's background. Like, again, you don't, it's not a lot of plot that you have to worry about. Nope, like, pretty this easy is, in and out. Yeah, this is definitely a movie that, like, you can have on and, like, be cutting vegetables or, like, doing something else, like, while it's playing in the background. Yeah, there's no suspense. They explain everything immediately. It's Yeah, but if you're curious, go check it out. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, like I said, I fucking, I love this movie. And it's a lot better than the first one. I also will not be watching it again. It is astounding how much better this one is than the first one. Like, I think a lot of looks... it just has to do with the animation. The animation yeah, is just significantly better. better. Yeah. I, I feel like the writing is more interesting as well. I feel like the writing is more interesting. I just At least wish... the characters. Yeah. I just wish that it had more Laverna. Yes. Hopefully the third will give us that. We'll find out. I cannot guarantee. We'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, at at this point, the next time we do the Barbie movies, and we will, but we will take a break from doing some Barbie movies. We're going to have a breath of fresh air, do some other films. We'll come back to Barbie probably sometime in the new year. So probably we'll revisit Barbie in 2024, and we will continue on this quest. But Griffin will be back. 2024? Yeah, dude. Damn, you got plans for the next month. I thought it was only next month that you had a plan. I mean, like, you know, I'm trying to plan ahead. I like mental health and not feeling burnt out. Fair. I I have a plan. It hasn't gotten put together fully. <laughs> so we'll see if Fair. the plan works out. <laughs> I'll be back for Power of the Rainbow with another weird research topic that's only vaguely touches what the movie is actually about which i'll talk about for an hour yeah i'm looking forward to it and eventually those research episodes will come out and so will our questions that we asked the director i promise that they will and when they do i will announce it on the social media so be sure to go follow us there and you'll be able to see it but yeah i'm working on that it's been hectic Woo! but eventually yeah griffin thank you so much for joining is there anything you want to tell the people uh no i mean just if there's if anybody has any questions uh obviously there might be more once the research ones actually come out because that's when i go into depth for everything i could find about the movies if you have any questions then feel free to ask me i can clarify i'm you might not hear my answer until 2024 depending on if i decide to answer in an episode or not but just uh (laughs) annoy onkit with those messages by all means I love getting messages from fans. I doubt there are any questions. It's not exactly complex. Are you kidding me? Barbie Fairytopia Mermaidia is the most complex film that I have ever witnessed. I'm not even talking about the contents of the movies. I am talking simply about the (laughs) events surrounding them. Fair enough. Well, on that note, Griffin, thank you so much for joining. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. And until next week, we'll catch you all later. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Post Finale. Post Finale is created, hosted, and produced by me, Ankit Madeira. The editor is Pranav Nair. The music is by Ankit Madeira and Megan Hutchison. And the art is by Jared Rother. If you would like to gain access to bonus content and 
If you would like to gain access to bonus content, please head over to patreon.com slash postfinale and sign up for any of the tiers. Any of the money made from the Patreon will go directly back into helping make this a better show for you, the listeners. If you want to help out the show in a non-monetary way, be sure to tell a friend about the show. Reach out and say, hey, you love movies? Go check out this new podcast where this actor talks about films that he's watching for the first time and tries to guess what happens. His guesses tend to be wrong, but it's kind of funny. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And be sure to tune in next week as we start talking about Moonlight. I'm really excited to start talking about that film. It was a wonderful journey that we went through while talking about it. So be sure to tune in next week as we start talking about Moonlight and everything that happens there. But thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And until next time, I'll catch y'all later.